I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines on a big Monday. Bills win big as an underdog, and the Buffalo Bills are now the number one Super Bowl favorite in the NFL. Tampa Bay is number two. They win big, but Tom Brady, he did something he's never done in his career. It's pretty amazing. Tonight, Monday Night Football, Ravens host the Colts. Pretty much all week, Ravens favored by a touchdown. In the last few hours, even more Ravens money has it up over a touchdown, seven and a half. Here comes a four-hour The Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a big, big Monday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. And we got an exciting new little format we're going to be doing on the Monday shows. And uh, what's the premise? The premise is there's squares. There's a lot of them out there. Oh, a lot of squares, especially in the media, square. And then there's a few sprinkled sharps out there. What are the squares saying? What are the sharps saying? That's another way of saying, hey, who's overreacting? Who's getting the wrong message? And who, the kind of guys that make the money, getting the right message. And that's why sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Joined in studio by the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. How's it going, R.J.? Pretty good. So let's start with what the squares are saying. And we're always going to give you on Monday the one narrative, the one takeaway that the squares are like, hmm, they're saying it. And they're saying it. And then they say it again at the end of the show. And then a few times in between. And then it's like, wait, is that correct? Because what we know for sure is, I always call him Barney at the bar. Uh. On The Simpsons, there's Barney. What's Barney thinking? That's another way to think about it. Yeah, and one of those things is the Cardinals, well, they're 5-0. and Got to be the best team, right, RJ? I mean, that is what the squares are saying, and it clearly isn't the case. The Cardinals are not the best team in the NFL. They are the only undefeated team left, and we don't want to act like that doesn't matter because it does. It's meaningful. It's meaningful that they haven't lost a game, and ultimately winning and losing games is what this is about. But here's the difference. Are we looking backwards or are we looking forward? Because if you said who's had the best season so far in the NFL, Arizona gets it. They're undefeated. You can say, well, it's better to have one loss against better competition. Nah, they're undefeated. (laughs) right? But now the question is, if we turn from backwards to forward looking, what does the past tell us about the future? I don't believe that Arizona is the best team in the NFL. And you know what? It's not even all that debatable. Right now, Arizona this week is playing Cleveland. Now, do you think Cleveland's the second best team in the NFL? They are not. They are not. 
They just lost. They lost to Kansas City. That's only won two games. <laughs> All right. So Cleveland's good, but they're not the best team. Probably top ten-ish. They're they actually uh, pretty I close. Think to better them. than that. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd put them eighth. You know, in that range. But you're right. Not in the top five. Inside the top ten is Cleveland, and Cleveland at home is favored by two and a half. Home field, two and a half these days. Browns, that's right. Yeah, two and a half. So literally what, what the market is saying is Cleveland is an even team with Arizona, which means Arizona is not the best team. Arizona, who I also consider to be in that not top five, but probably top ten range. I think that's right. And, and since it's both Arizona and Cleveland, the market saying are even teams, that speaks that, hey, they're probably in that same range. Now, listen, in a given week, there might be situational advantages. Teams playing a bunch of road games. Teams got injuries. These teams both seem to be pretty much at parity at their normal level. And Cleveland and Arizona are even. Both okay. of them maybe banged up quarterbacks, nursing their quarterbacks a little bit on the sidelines this weekend. Well, well listen, when you're five foot seven, you're going to be banged up <laughs> in the NFL. I mean, I just, I, that's part of the problem, perhaps, with Arizona. We'll get into that as the season progresses. Another, this is what squares are saying. Is Justin Fields, I told you so, I told you so. No, no. <laughs> I mean, listen, he is he as bad as he was in the first game against the Browns? Is he as bad as one net yard? Is that what we're asking? I mean, because listen, you know how good the Browns' defense is. I mean, all you got to do is look at the game against the Chargers. <laughs> and, you know, when you only give up 47 to the Chargers, you're a good defense. Right. So the fact that they just put the clamps <laughs> on the Bears and Fields, that's to be expected. <laughs> but all joking aside, that was a matchup problem where you know Clowney really didn't play. I don't know if he played at all. We had a, a few snaps, but he wasn't prominent at all in the game. Uh, and when you have Clowney on that line, and obviously the number one, you know, Gary is. It's a situation where it's hard to block them sometimes. Uh, against um, a normal line, the Bears do better. And I think that's a matchup thing we should be looking at. The Bears' fortunes with fields is going to be driven by how well their offensive line can block because he holds the ball too long. And if, if he's getting a lot of quick pressure, he's in trouble. But what I'm saying is quarterback wins are not – a great metric for how good a quarterback is. Now, sometimes over the course of a career, a quarterback's going to get that attached to him. You know, Stafford, it doesn't matter how much you say, oh, the lines are bad or have been bad, and oh, those owners and the coaches they've had, Wayne Fonts was horrible. Eventually, a quarterback's going to be held accountable for his team's wins. Stafford's got a chance to see, you know, be otherwise, whereas C once I get to a good coach and a good team. But in the course of a couple of games, wins and from a quarterback are not the metric that really matters. And Fields to me is not I told you so. Will he be one? Maybe. But not yet. What do you think of Fields? I think Fields, I mean, obviously the bar was set pretty low after that first game. I think he's starting to grasp things a little bit. I was impressed that the Bears were able to do well without a, a really a starting running back. We They lose Montgomery. I thought, oh, oh boy. But isn't that the whole premise is that running backs don't matter? They that, certainly I mean, Of, the, of the modern era and that there's three guys waiting that are almost as good right behind them? Yeah. 
which is why the whole first-round picks. Now, a guy like McCaffrey, you're hearing a lot of, oh, with Carolina, part of the problem is not having him. Maybe it is because he's got, he's got multidimensional talent. I'll also say when Fields got hurt in that game, they put Dalton in for like one, two plays. They rushed Fields back out there. You, clearly, the Bears right now feel much more comfortable with Justin Fields whoa, and more whoa, confident whoa. That, in him. That's just not true at all. What, what do you mean rushed back out there? What does that mean? He was down on the ground holding his leg. He limps into the tent. Mm-hmm. Dalton takes two snaps. Okay. He rushed back out onto but, the but, field. I mean, what, what would have been the other approach? Would he Let Andy Dalton out? finish the drive. But what, what is it about the drive? What is it about the drive that is so important about finishing the drive. It's like if they I, if they want Dalton, if they think Fields is the starter, mm-hmm. they want Fields back out there, right? Because they believe in, in that given game that he's the, or at least the narrative, they don't want that narrative to change. Oh, he got banged up and they put in the backup. I mean, I, I guess I'm just confused by the word rushed. What does that mean? Right? Did he like run really fast to go out there? He did. He, jo- he jogged out of the but tent. What was he supposed to do? Fred Sanford it out and like drag his foot behind? Uh, him? I mean, he, he certainly wasn't. He certainly wasn't jogging into the tent. He was you, basically being carried. You know what it could have been? It could have been like Andre the Giant in WrestleMania three. <laughs> you remember that entry? Is it was like from the Silver Dome. It was like 200 yards or whatever to the ring. Just took forever. Uh, well, Andre didn't want to walk it because <laughs> his back was bothering him. So they had him on this huge like a forklift, and he's just getting driven to the ring, waving. But but, but like at two miles an hour. Is that what we we wanted the NFL? <laughs> Maybe like, that's the way to do it. The red zone would have stopped and said, "All right." Justin Fields is returning to the game. Please return to this channel in four minutes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, I agree. Andy Dalton, I don't think it's a thinking. I mean, right now, who would you, if you had to bet your house on the Bears in a game next week, would you rather Andy Dalton start or Fields? Well, who do they play next week? It doesn't matter. What, does it matter? It matters. How? Who do you want Fields if you, against? If you were playing against Bill Belichick, would you rather have Justin Fields? Or I Andy would Dalton? rather have Andy Dalton in every scenario. Okay. If they were playing on the moon, I'd rather have Andy Dalton. If they were playing under the sea, I'd rather have Andy Dalton. Okay. For that one game, who would tell me the scenario you'd want Fields? You can't come up with one. I'll, I'll let you think on that and interject at any time. point during the show. Okay. There's only 31 other NFL teams. Now, if you want to say, I mean, maybe Justin Fields would be good in low gravity because, like, his jumping ability, he could just jump over. But I think other other than the maybe the moon would be Fields because they wouldn't throw the ball, which would help him. They're going back to London. There's nothing scheduled for the moon this season, though. Well, wouldn't you wouldn't you agree that London's the last place you want to rookie? I mean, I think we saw a little bit yeah. with the Jets. We are straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell. So we've got two what the squares are saying. Now, AJ seems to be saying kind of what the squares are saying about Justin Fields. Oh, no, I'm not, as cr- I'm not crazy about Justin Fields either. i just saying the Bears wanted to avoid any kind of discussion about who, sh- who is the guy I out agree there. with that. So that's about narrative, and I agree with you there. Bears hosting the Packers next week. What were you saying about London? Where, where's the London game for the Bears? No, I said there there is a game in London, but not one on the moon on the schedule this oh. year. So uh, yeah, yeah. Bears are hosting the Packers. Bears are four and a half point underdogs in that game. Now think about this: Cincinnati, right, was hosting the Packers last week. Line was two and a half at close. Bears, it's four and a half. 
So it's saying now, remember when the Bears were hosting Cincinnati a few weeks ago, the line was two and a half, which has even teams. Yeah. Now the Bears are two points worse because of your Justin Fields. Not my Justin Fields. Oh, I don't know. That's an Ohio State guy. That's Hey, listen, we let him go <laughs> at a certain point. If you don't win a national championship, we don't claim you. We are straight out of Vegas. The third conclusion that squares are saying wrongly is Winston. I told you so. Lasik. Four touchdowns. Come on, RJ. Got another win. Listen to you try to act like you're the square voice when it's like <laughs> stuff you say all the time. I mean, you should be the one. You've never heard me say anything good about Jameis Winston, I promise. I'm guessing you did at one no. point. No. Maybe at Florida State. You said if you listen, you said when he stole all the food or whatever, the crab legs. allegedly, <laughs> you said a guy's got to eat. I still remember that. I said I do like crab legs. That's good. <laughs> all right. Listen, Winston obviously has talent. There's a reason he was the number one pick in the draft. He obviously has the ability to produce. I mean, if you say high variance, we want you to have four. I mean, really, if you said the following. We got a quarterback, and we win a $10 million bet if he throws for 400 yards. So what are you going to do? If you're the coach and you got like a secret $10 million somehow you're going to win, or let's say $100 million, whatever the number is that would make you do whatever these days for these coaches, where would Winston be on that list of, okay, I'll take Brady, I'll take Mahomes, uh, you know, we go down the list. I think he's top 10. I think he is too. Top 10. Yeah. So on one hand, you got a quarterback – which is one of the 10 people on earth that could get you 400 yards if you needed 400 yards. On the other hand, we're not sure he should be starting. But if you, if you, had, to give you, if you had to go down the list of, I, you'll, you'll, I get this, win. you'll get this $10 million if he doesn't throw the ball to the other team during the game. That, that's, that's the other extreme. How far down the list do you get? Uh, 60, 70. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe lower. But in between, he's probably somewhere in the high 20s as a quarterback. Now, what, I don't know enough about the X's and O's. I'm not a true, like, I'm going to watch the film and break it down for you and tell coaches what they're doing wrong guy. I, those guys are rare. I don't know how they do it, but I'm not that guy. Usually they're square, too, by the way. I mean, I don't know if there's a coincidence there. But what I know is that the staff with the Saints is trying not to put the ball in harm's way. It's a special focus. And what are you getting? A lot of short passes, a lot of touchdown passes, not a lot of ball in jeopardy. And it's doing pretty well. I mean, if you look at it, the Saints have exceeded expectations. They were two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. They won easily against Washington. And I think you got to give Winston credit. Sean Payton, I think, deserves some credit. I'd like to see where this thing evolves. You know, in a way, if you think of Winston almost like a rookie quarterback, it's going to be middle of next year is when it matters, the middle of his second year. Now, you could say, well, he was with them the first year. Yeah, but he was on the bench. So if Winston became the 12th best quarterback, net-net, by the middle of next year, it's a huge victory for Sean Payton. And, and if you think about it, I mean, yeah, he's going to be older than a rookie, but he'll still, what is he, 25, 20? I mean, what is it, year six for him now? So he's probably like 27 right now. Hey, if by 28 he's an elite quarterback, what do they got, 10 years of that in theory? Right? You don't start dropping off till 38 or older now. So to me, I like that the Saints are approaching this incrementally. 
And I'm not saying Winston won't be elite, but he's not elite right now. Agree or disagree? I agree completely. And I think Sean Payton is the master of getting the most out of what he's got at quarterback. And the way he used Drew Brees last year when everyone was talking about his physical tools being diminished and he still had a, a really good year out of Drew Brees speaks to that. What he's doing this year with Jameis Winston just solidifies it. I agree. All right. When we come back, we've talked about what the squares are saying. Now we're going to tell you when we come back what the Sharps – now, A.J. won't be saying much here – what the Sharps are saying. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I disagree with if you speak out against the world, I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. And we're doing a special Monday show right now with AJ Hoffman. What is that? Well, in the first segment. We talked about what the squares are saying, right? In a few minutes, we're going to tell you what the Sharps now know. They know it. They're not saying it. They know it. But in between, we're going to do what the squares are starting to see they were wrong about. Because really, the first segment is this is the first time they're wrong. It's like the first time they're getting it wrong. Usually, and almost always, when the squares get it wrong, it's driven by overreacting to a small sample size. Think about the Bills. If you only looked at the Steelers game, you'd say below average team. Yeah. If you only look at the other games, you'd say best team in the NFL. What's the truth? That is where professionalism comes in. And usually it means don't overreact to a small sample size. Okay, AJ, so when it comes to – and oh, by the way, it's 75 in Vegas – we got Very too windy much, we got here too in much, Vegas, It's windy in 75. The neon's blowing away. <laughs> no, it never does. Now, the neon was shut down for a while, which I never, ever foresaw. But in a way, it was prescient, not in a good way. There's two things, I think, that are related. The squares are starting to see wrong. And you can speak for the squares. Is starting to see that they were, were wrong. They thought the Broncos were an elite team. You're going to make me speak for the squares on this? Even no, though I you be- have been against the Broncos. Thank you. Broncos are not close to an elite team. And the Raiders have thought to be, by some squares, an elite team. They are not close to an elite team. Any disagreements there? None whatsoever. And we won't belabor this because most people are saying, yeah, obviously. It's like, yeah, but who was saying that two weeks ago? Right? Because two weeks ago, they were two 3-0 teams. And are they any worse now? No, they're what they were. That's the thing about the NFL season. You can make the case that players evolve and they don't, or people get hurt, which that's true, obviously. So teams can get worse. It's hard for a team to get better. If you have a rookie quarterback, maybe. But in general, they're pretty much the same team at the beginning and the end. It's just you have more information at the end. It's like dating. When you are in beginning a week number three with someone, all right. Now think of all the relationships you ever had. Now think about how you felt the beginning of week number three. And think how you feel now. Now did that person change between week number three and whenever it ended, except for one possible relationships if you're currently involved? Probably not. They probably were the same. You just didn't see it. 
You hadn't, you didn't have enough information. It wasn't unearthed. It was not unearthed. <laughs> AJ will unearth the problems right. with the girl. That's. <laughs> but you've been married how long? Fifteen years. You don't even know. I don't know. Somewhere above twelve years and below eighteen. More than twelve, <laughs> less than twenty. That's AJ Hoff and I'm RJ Bell. Okay. Like the Patriots. There's, uh, where, where do we rank them? Somewhere between 12 and 20. Uh, maybe more <laughs> towards 20 at this point. All right. Broncos not close to the Raiders not close to the And just as obviously now, and this one doesn't fit in the same category, I was wrong on this one. The Washington defense is horrible. <laughs> Dreadful. I, I don't know that anybody could have seen. Although Fezzik said some no, things some about like. Some people saw it. Some people saw it. Fezzik was like, well, the, the, no, he the teams that they played yeah. last year. Like, but I give him credit. All right. He did say it. But the fact that they're as bad as they are, I don't know that anybody thought it was going to be this bad. No, no. But the point is, they're not good. Right? You know, just to stay with like le- less nuance, more just to say something that is clearly true. They're not good. And we could spend 10 more minutes to say, are they 26th or 22nd on defense? I don't know. They're not good. The thing that everyone missed, and I think it's important to, f- or almost everyone, and I think it's important to think about that because you don't want to make the same mistake twice, as Gus Fring said. That's the key on Breaking Bad is the quarterbacks that Washington played. Often you look at the strength of schedule, but that's a calculation. It's a mathematical calculation, and it doesn't account for who played in that given game. So if you have a team that had the quarterback injured for two games, they might end up having a great offense, a good offense, but when you caught them one of those two games, you caught them when they were seven points worse on offense because of the backup quarterback. In general, what you should be logging is obviously who the team played, but were, were there anything? Was there anything about that game that was unusual? And probably the most prominent thing that could be unusual would be a quarterback being out. Now think about the Browns last year. They had a couple games in the middle of the year, three games where it looked like their defense was getting better. It wasn't. It was they played in three of the worst weather games you're ever going to see. And thus, it looked like the defense was getting better if you just look at the opponent and the score. But what we saw later in the year, obviously against the Ravens on Monday night last year, that defense wasn't getting any better. So log the games, obviously, but even more – because you can get that anywhere. More importantly, what was different? And if you just spent 10 minutes a week – like on Mondays, and say, what was different about these games? Who was out? Who had three linemen injured? Who had cluster injuries at receiver? The Jets are going to get a chance to be mistaken for their defense being better. But they've played two straight games with multiple playmakers on the other side out. That's our, is their defense that good, or was it circumstances? I think with Washington, that's what we missed last year's their defense played against a lot of backup quarterbacks, it looked like they were better than they are. They're worse. They're worse than I could even have imagined. DVOA going into this week, 28th, the Washington defense. It probably was worse than that, I think, perhaps. And if they look bad against Matt Ryan and Jameis Winston the last two weeks, they've got Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers in the next two, so it could get worse. Likely. We are straight out of Vegas. That's A.J. Hoffman. I'm R.J. Bell. Now... We're going to, A.J., what the Sharps now know. What we, the Sharps, now know. 
I'm going to read three things off that's all related. These are the top ones. These following teams can win the Super Bowl. I didn't know that before. I know it now. The L.A. Chargers can win the Super Bowl. You agree? 100%. The Buffalo Bills can win the Super Bowl. Absolutely. And the Dallas Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. Much to my – it pains me to say it, but yeah, they can. And you're surprised too, right? I am surprised. I thought that this season was going – especially early in the season, they were going to go through some some growing pains. Uh, I didn't like the way the offseason went for them, but – they have been if you if you said okay the cardinals are 5 and 0 take them out of the equation they've got the most impressive resume they they've they've got a win over the chargers they have been very very good the strength of schedule early in the year is so important over the course of the season the strength of schedule tends to merge and i actually did a little study what was the wor- how many points was the worst strength of schedule versus the best worth and over the over three years, it's been 1.9, 1.8, 1.5. So over that time, you know, three years now, it's a range of one and a half to below, you know, one and a half or more points. So now if you're the 16th best strength of schedule average, let's say, versus the first, it's going to be about half that, so about three quarters of a point. So now you might say, well, how much is it? Well, over the course of a season, if you think about – Let's say two points. Let's keep it kind of easy. That's 32 points, right? If you play, oh, I guess now 34 points, right? So if it's two points a game, on that, and that's per game, right? Mm-hmm. 16 times two, right? 32. And here's what's, and 17 is 34. So here's what's interesting. This is shocking almost. A win is worth about 33 points. So over the course, if you actually take the point margin, and look at wins over uh, 500 over the course of the last 10 years, it's right around 33 points a, a game. So now if you think about it, is and, – and I mean this is really clean, is to think about it this way, is having the worst strength of schedule is worth about a win – Versus the so over the course of a year, it's not going to make a 11 win team into a seven win team, but it's pretty much a, a, you know having nine nine and eight versus ten and seven is a big difference. Sure, and that's what strength of schedule is at the end of a year. At this point of the year, think about it after even week three, Carolina, you know, and and there are another team we could put right in that category as not an elite team, and I should have. Carolina, oh, they're undefeated. Well, now they, you know, Philadelphia is in a way dominating them, at least at the line. So you might say, but RJ, it's now five weeks in. You're right. And there's going to be less of these teams that are just wrong in impression because of their strength of schedule. But is Arizona not one of those teams? Right, that's the question. Is I think Arizona is like you said between five and ten. They're a good team. They're not the best team, and strength of schedule has a lot to do with it. And obviously, close wins and turnovers. What is the anatomy of a team that's not as good as their record or or better than their record? It's going to be strength of schedule. It's going to be close games. I mean, look at Minnesota. They could have lost easily. Could have lost again, and they'd be one and four. They easily could have won two of the games they lost, right? So it's like, does the record mean that much when there are a bunch of coin flips at the end? 
right? And then turnovers. Yeah, turnovers are controlled somewhat by teams. Like Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw turnovers. Other quarterbacks do. Yeah, but how about interceptions? Nah, not really. How about fumbles? Not really. How about recovered fumbles? Certainly not really. There's no, like, you're faster, so you recover fumbles. It doesn't happen. Some people believe that if you have a fast defense, you cause more fumbles. And I think there's some truth to that. So if you look at all the turnover stuff, I say about 70% luck, 30% skill. And turnovers are the biggest influence on NFL games there is. So to me... It's a situation where if you see a team winning or losing close games, you see a team that has a plus or minus in turnovers that really matter, you know, a significant plus minus. And if you see an easy or hard strength of schedule, that and if you go through every team that's probably misranked right now, it's going to be some combination of that those factors. Do you have any comment on that that concept of how teams get mis priced or misrated no i agree with it completely it's how you do in coin flip games it's how you do in uh it's it's who you've played against matters a lot to it yeah and turnovers that's aj hoffman we're straight out of vegas so the teams that could win the super bowl that have surprised me chargers are 15 to 1 so they're the ninth favorite the eighth favorite now america's team the dallas cowboys buffalo bills are the favorite you might say rj you're saying the favorite can win it all great insight I, I wasn't sure before. I wasn't sure. They hadn't really won a big game yet. To me, that's the biggest game of the year. The biggest game of the year to me was, was the Bills last night, meaning I changed my opinion more from that game. I'd say Arizona against the Rams. Before that, I thought Arizona might have been an average team. When they dominated the Rams, even though it was off a Tampa game for the Rams, that was probably the second biggest game. Was it that they won the game or the way they won the game? The even fact they won the game, but the fact I, I don't know when teams can score as much. I mean, if you actually look at our fourth quarter win share pregame.com, now what is that? We look at every play of the fourth quarter and say, well, what was the chance of them winning the game at that moment? And then we add it all up and average it. And Kansas City had a real chance, I mean, a, a bigger chance to win that game than I thought. And, and part of it's going to be built on how good Kansas City's defense is. I, I guess they had, um, you know, they had like a 2% chance to win, which doesn't sound big. But usually in a blowout, it's like a 0% chance. Like, for example, Miami had a 0% chance against Tampa, right? But it just, you watched the game. At what point did it feel like, oh, Kansas City can't win this? It wasn't as early as it I mean, Mahomes and Kansas. It, it was when Mahomes threw the pick six. Yeah. And, and he, looked, point swing. he looked just so down. Like he didn't, he couldn't figure out what was going on, what was different right now, but he just looked crushed. And I said, oh, that, the game's over. Yeah. And, and, and how much time was left in the game at that point? I think that was in the third quarter, late in the third quarter. Yeah. So what we're saying is three-fourths of the game, Buffalo was winning, but hey, we could have seen Kansas City come back. And then there's a pick six. Listen, I don't fully understand what's happening in Kansas City. In one of our categories, I'm going to put Kansas City right in the middle of it. It's I don't know, but it's better to know that you don't know than to think you know when you really don't. That actually is a lot of wisdom. That is a lot of wisdom. What I do know about Kansas City is their defense is abysmal. 
and it, they were missing players on it last night, and it looked even worse. I don't know what the abysmal quick fix defenses, is. They had a pretty much abysmal defense the last couple of years, too, right? But they didn't have the worst defense but in the it, league. Is the difference between what they were and what they are is causing these losses? It's, no, it's, it's not. not. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has, has as many interceptions this year as he did all of last season. I, you know, I heard interceptions are luck. A lot of luck in there. Yeah, so. Now, the Bills beat Kansas City by 18 points. If you remove the net effect of turnovers from this game, both sides, the Chiefs gained 23 points. So if you eliminate turnovers, what EPA is telling us, expected points added, is Kansas City outplayed them. You can't do that exactly because there's reasons. Because if you give the ball up, the other team gets the ball. There's all kind of things. And to me, I don't think Kansas City outplayed Buffalo, but it wasn't as bad as the score. And if we assume the turnovers have a lot of luck in it, right now, even though they're two and three, Kansas City cannot be considered worse than the fifth best team. They cannot. If you have Kansas City as worse than the fifth best team, if you have them seventh, eighth, tenth, you're wrong. You are wrong. I agree with that for now. Well, yeah. For now, for now, we could say that. What could we say that wouldn't be for now? You think on you're, that. You're you right. think on that. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio. I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Yeah, those fines, that money, even though you make tens of millions, it tends to generate action. When we come back, we're going to do Monday Night Football. We're going to give you a prop, Vegas style. Plus, I'm going to give you a stat on Tom Brady. You're going to say, OMG, WTF. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. And, R.J., you said that you had a fascinating stat from one Thomas Brady. Yeah, this is a WTF-OMG, or some say OMFG. I OMFG'd when you said this before the show started. I couldn't believe that that was true. And then McKenzie looked it up and said, yeah, confirmed. Okay. So, a little different show. What did we teach you? And then we'll get to Brady. One is the squares are saying Cardinals' best team. They're not. They're saying Justin Fields is good. He's not yet. Winston's good. He's not yet. What are the squares starting to see they were wrong about? Too late. Broncos aren't an elite team. Raiders aren't an elite team. Panthers aren't an elite team. And, oh, by the way, Washington's defense not near as good as last year. Now, what are the Sharps saying? They're saying Chargers can win the Super Bowl. Bills can win the Super Bowl. Cowboys can win the Super Bowl. A lot of people might say, I knew that all along. All those. They say, yeah, that's because why you're wrong about the other 10 things. You're too quick to think it. We finally have evidence on that. Here's the Brady stat. And this is in the category of obvious but not but true. Everything obvious is not untrue, AJ. It's just not as true as people think it is often. Tom Brady has not slipped even 1%. He's playing as well now. I think you could make the case as any time 
only exception could be the Randy Moss year, the 19 and 0 year, but or 18 and 0 year. But to some degree, how much of that was Moss? A lot of it, I think. Brady's right in that category of almost as good as he's ever been, and he's the only man or woman on earth that's ever played quarterback, even at an above average level at his age. So the fact that he hasn't dropped hardly at all is deserve. We can't get tired of this. We can't say, oh, of course, because I promise you, Brady's going to retire in a co- within a couple years. So this is amazing, amazing. And the stat that really solidifies it, it's the first time in Tom Brady's career that he threw for five touchdowns and had over 400 yards in the same game. So you, or five or more touchdowns. So if you think about it, what are the two stats that matter for quarterback counting stats? Yards and touchdowns. He's never had a game with this many touchdowns and this many yards. You could almost say, in a, if you looked at it in a certain angle, the best game he's ever played. It blew my mind to hear that. I, I assumed over the years that he's probably done that a handful of times. I knew he had a great game. I never would have thought that the numbers he put up on Sunday were the best he's ever put up. It's obvious, but still true. Tom Brady has not slipped at all. Tom Brady sitting with a 65.4 QBR. All right. So, on the season? On the season, yeah. Okay. I'm still very so strong. So, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Fifth best right now. Okay. But... It's funny because 65.4 sounds like, oh, RJ, how good could he be? What? It's still pretty good. It's better yeah. than Josh Allen. He, he's right in between Josh Allen and Justin Herbert, who everybody's drooling over right now. Yeah, but the funny thing is, if you look at PFF, is his game ratings are a lot higher than that, meaning that he is number one, if I'm not mistaken, in that category. And what's the difference between a game grade for PFF in, in results, it's the other people on the field. So, in a way, I think with QBR, we focus too much on that. That's a great, for the passing production of the offense, that's a great number. The quarterback, well, if the receiver drops it, if he gets sacked, it's not the quarterback's fault. So, it's an interesting balance between the two. But Brady's still top five regardless. Yeah. Uh, and one more obvious but true note, the Jacksonville Jags not competing. Yeah, and you know, to be honest with you, we don't have to spend any time on it. We got Monday Night Football. I mean, the Lions are competing, the Jets are competing, the Texans are competing, the Jags are not competing. But let's get to Monday Night because we got a bet. All right, the Ravens minus seven and a half hosting the Indianapolis Colts. RJ. Okay, we always tell you bet as early as you can. Once you have the information that you think you need, bet then. If you waited to bet the Ravens, it's too late. If you lay seven and a half with the Ravens, you are square. You can win. You might win 48% of the time. You might win 52% of the time. You're not going to win enough to win money long term if you're betting seven and a half when it was seven yesterday. So I'm not even going to talk about the game because I like the Ravens or the side. I like the Ravens at seven. I don't like at seven and a half. You just can't play it. You cannot play it. And you know what? It's only going to fall seven a certain percentage of the time. And you're, the rest of the time, it's going to be, RJ, you overreacted that. Just look at Green Bay and Cincinnati. You could have had three and a half, and you would have won. At two and a half, you lost with Cincinnati. It, that only happens once every 20 games. It kills you. So here is my prop best bet. AJ's four and, or three and one. And four, four and one on Thursdays. Four and one on Thursdays. I'm undefeated on Monday night, <laughs> 0-0, but I'm going to go with over-receiving yards for tight end Andrews. 
What's his first name? Mark. Mark, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Yeah, of course. Mark Everyone Andrews. knows Mark. Now, the over-under is 52 and a half yards. Now, why do I like the over? Well, and A.J. really was front and center with this. The Colts don't tackle well. I mean, they're known as a very disciplined team. Frank Reich is beloved but they are 30th out of 32 PFF tackling. So tight end catches the ball. Oh, look, he gets an extra nine yards. Number two, it's Monday night. And I think in general, teams get a little bit conservative on Monday night. So I think, you know, you lean on the tight end a little bit. And also, what else do the Colts have? They have slow linebackers that have trouble with tight ends. Thus, best bet, R.J. Bell in a prop over passing yards. Mark Andrews, 52 and a half. If you missed any of today's show, including that WTF Tom Brady stat, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We are straight out of Vegas. We will be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 